In a world where boredom runs rampant, one podcast and website to bring the tired masses back from the brink of insanity, cannedairpodcast.com. At cannedairpodcast.com, read up on old topics, listen to past episodes, watch movie trailers, read up on the gang, and new movies and video game store. Candarepodcast.com coming this summer, Thursday. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your refusal to listen will be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world. <laughs> To another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. <laughs> Love the uh, game show host vibe you have going there. I'm doing it the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a good one for you, too. Uh, we're going to be recapping on Beetlejuice. I am excited to hear what that has in store. Uh, wow has a comic series coming. And then we are going to be joined later by Chris Williams, creator of Summons, to talk about his book a little bit. But before we do all that, Let's get to recaps. Recaps! All right, Jack, something on Batman Superman. Yeah, there was a rumor that has been debunked. Debunked. I guess a few days ago, there was a rumor came around that the Batman v Superman movie was going to be put into two parts. I remember you saying something about that. With the subtitle of the first one called Enter the Night, K-N-I-G-H-T, Night. Okay. And the second one called Dawn of Justice. Hank Cavill, guy that plays Superman, said no. I think I'd prefer it that way. Yeah. The actor said the rumor was false and it's still scheduled to be released as one film. And also when asked about Batman vs. Superman being more epic than Avengers Age of Ultron, he said, you'll see. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for the insight. Yeah. What do you guys think? You think it'll live up to uh, that big a hype? I mean, the hype around it initially is going to be huge, but yeah. the aftermath after people see it, do you think it'll live up to Avengers standards? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it might. I, I thought when uh, we heard Man of Steel was coming out, I was like, well, yeah, some of the people that were doing the Batman trilogy are doing this, so this has got to be gold. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't uh, <laughs> Batman good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I mean, it's it's Superman. He's got all the power, so it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. If they just wouldn't have leveled Metropolis, maybe. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be awesome. It's the only thing we're going to get close to uh, Frank Miller on screen for yeah, now. Right? Yeah. So. You'll see the, the big armored bat suit. Watch that. I cannot That's, freaking wait. Yeah. And you know, I uh, was I just started reading part two of <clears throat> Zack Snyder's what, Endgame, I think it's going right now, the Batman story. Yep. And um, I missed out on part one, but it looks like the beginning of issue two, Superman has been poisoned or drugged or something by the Joker and is attacking Batman. And he's in a big armored suit, but it, it looks so different. It's got like these great big kind of like uh, old school Thor wings on the side of his helmet. What? Mind you, I, I only glanced at it. I haven't fully read it yet, but from what I saw, it looked pretty sweet. <laughs> big wingading ears on him. <laughs> Anything else on that? Nope, that's it. 
We'll see. You got to get to tell me about uh, this Beetlejuice news because I'm excited. Tim Burton has picked Seth Graham Smith to write the Beetlejuice sequel. He confirmed that uh, he rejected the idea of rebooting the movie altogether and getting someone else to play Beetlejuice. He's not going to do that. Why the hell would they do that? I don't know. Because the Ghostbusters are doing it, I guess. (laughs) And he would like to get Michael Keaton back. As Beetlejuice. I would hope so. I mean, he is Beetlejuice. There's no other Beetlejuice. He's old enough to make it more creepier, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the sequel is going to be taking place in present time. So, what, 20 years will be passed since the first one? So it's been almost that, maybe. Probably no one know the writer. I wonder. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't say anything about it. Maybe. Maybe they'll do something with Lydia. I don't know. As as long as it's not that Beetlejuice surfs up bullshit. (laughs) I'm excited. I can't wait. He also said he won't be overusing the actor in the film, I guess, with uh, Keaton's idea. Using him less is actually more for the movie. Because, I mean, Beetlejuice, he was never really in the whole movie. Yeah. Even though it was titled Beetlejuice, he just had a small part in it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't in a whole yeah. lot of it. That made it good, though. Well, yeah, because yeah, so you're not going to get worn out on Beetlejuice the whole time. It's like right. Ace Ventura 2 was all the same jokes again. Yeah. Even though that one was probably better. The I... second Ace. Mm. It, it's kind of cool because like it's with Beetlejuice, almost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with Beetlejuice, it's kind of cool because he was he had his ad in that book. Yeah. So yeah. you can see it happening to any couple or anybody, really. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Someone else who's new to the afterlife, kind of dealing with sim- well, maybe not similar situations, but just the shock that they're dead and somebody's trying to take over their house. They don't want them there. That you know, you could see him coming back just for that crap. That could easily go back into the same story, though. Just two people die. They're new to the death scene. Yeah, this sounds like go back. Oh, we have this book. Hey, there's an ad for this Beetlegeist guy. What about haunting a school then? I could see him doing the lunchroom. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what a good uh, storyline would be. Maybe. Maybe like a mortal, like a living person somehow finds his number and recruits him to maybe bring back a past loved one or something. That would be kind of cool. That would oh, work. yeah. That'd be a little better. And then Unless, all, the, all the antics that would ensue from that. Unless they went into the whole, like the cartoon, how it mostly took place in the whole death, dead world. Yeah. That's why yeah. I didn't like that part of this. That's why I didn't like that show that much, but. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I remember watching it when I was young, but uh, yeah, I definitely preferred the movie. I think I still got that Lydia doll, too. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I remember having her. Because that's all you would always get in those damn Happy Meals. Man, that that was a that was a fun cartoon. That was a Happy Meal toy. Yeah. How did I miss that? Yeah, I can remember those being Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. Like what? McDonald's Happy Meals? Yeah. Yep. They had a. a I guess Lydia. what? A, who else has a Happy Meal, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think they had Lydia and I had a Beetlejuice, but he was like there's two versions of him, and I'd always get the one where he looked like he was standing on top of his own head. I don't remember that one. Is there a sandworm too? There was a sandworm, but I never got that one. <laughs> the uh, sandworm. The one toy I remember from Beetlejuice vividly. Well, I guess there were a few, but there was one you could put his body in a coffin. It was like a maybe oh, like a yeah. five six inch figure, and then you shut it when you opened it back up. He was teeny tiny, maybe like an inch and a half tall. Yep. Like another figure in there somehow. And then there was another one. He was like wearing that, that burgundy suit and he had holes all through him and he came with a bunch of swords and you could put the swords mm. like through his entire body. <laughs> yeah. I Those were fun too. toys, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that makes me think of the Terminator uh, toys they had out. There was a, this was so freaking cool. I can't believe they don't do anything like this nowadays. I think it was for T2. There was a figure of the skeleton you could get, the, the, the robot. 
but you know not as detailed as they are now it's just a basic action figure made up to look Great like plastic a, yes exactly <laughs> thank you but you could put it you put it in this uh, little <coughs> machine that had like a Arnold mold and yep. you, you came with this flesh tone goop or something oh, yeah. that you could pump in there and you let it dry and then so you had a actual like naked guy <laughs> but like as you played with him and the skin would chip away and start to expose the skeleton underneath it was awesome That's crazy yeah I wonder if I can find that shit on Amazon yeah. or something that almost sounds like a thing I had the mad mad scientists something or something yeah, they did it with the Frankenstein kind of thing. And, it was a big vat of water, and then it had a skeleton that you put this yes. skin on it, and you drop him in, and it would just slowly eat his skin away. I remember that. That thing was so fun. You could only use the skin, like, one time, though. I mean, you could use it again, but it didn't peel away as fast. See, I never had the Terminator toy. <clears throat> I think mainly for that reason. I wanted one. My friends had one. I played with theirs all the freaking time, but... The one thought, even as a child, was like, well, what happens when you run out of the skin goop? Then you're yeah. just left with this whole machine that does nothing. And bits and pieces throughout the house. Right. <laughs> Parents are getting mad because there's bits and pieces of skin laying around everywhere. You know what's crazy about that? Like, in my mind, like, I think a couple of weeks ago, I, I was thinking of that just because of that episode of Doctor Who that we just, the last episode that they had. I finally was catching up to it. Mm-hmm. and it, The Santa one? No. Which one The place where you go to die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those things, like the skeleton sitting in the jars. Yes. And then they would stand up, and then there would be, like, the, the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Cybermen would pop <laughs> up. <laughs> but it was it just reminded me, because, like like you were saying, you just drop the skeleton in, and then you wait for the mold to set, and then you pull them out, and you had that little person. Right. And it, that's what it reminded me of, because, like, you just see these skeletons sitting in a tank, and they would rise up, and the water would slowly fall down, and you'd see a Cyberman inside of it. That's that's something <laughs> else. Those were fun toys. Though they were probably very messy. You know, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I remember the original Ninja Turtles used to, like, some of the figures would come with little vials of ooze, you know? Yeah. Man, that shit wasn't like uh, <laughs> Nickelodeon gack or anything, like where, you know... You could, Non-toxic. This stuff stuck, man. <laughs> it, it stained, too. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so that was a, my... I think, I think I remember my mother being very... Uh, we only play with it at the kitchen table. Oh, come yeah, like on, on my, Mom. On my long sleeve shirts, I remember having like those little bleach stains everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those were the days. That'll do it for recaps. Recap it! All right. Uh, no rumors for the rumor mail this week, so uh, let's just jump right into talking about some comics. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. What do you got, Jeff? He's got something. I He's have something. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually brought Manifest Destiny. Sounds like some huge novel. It, yeah, it, yeah, right? piece or something. <laughs> <laughs> I read this in a week. <laughs> it's actually a story about Lewis and Clark. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's a, it's the other book that they wrote during the book that we know of, of when they discovered everything. Okay, this is their journey going across because President Jefferson sent them out to clear a way for the new U.S. being built. They wanted to make sure all the monsters and demons or whatever is roaming around. You know, in the very beginning, like, they talk about it, and he's telling the whole story on why Jefferson sent him out, and he's just trying to keep morale up because it's so boring right now. Then shit started hitting the fan. <laughs> what do you mean, like, they're coming across? They started coming across weird things in the, a while, like, you know that arc in, uh, what was it? St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. They came across something like that, and they were just wondering what the hell that was. So they're writing about it and talking about it, and they're discovering things, plants. And they came across, well, they haven't actually named it yet, 
because usually what they'll do is they'll go out, they'll name things like they're naming plants and animals that they're finding. This animal came across and they couldn't tell if it was a minotaur or a centaur because what it was was a the head of a bull, like a buffalo and the body of a centaur. <laughs> it was really weird and they, they're sitting there trying to figure out what to call it and the men are like losing morale because they were just attacked by the this. Buffatar. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what, what they called it. Like we didn't know what to call it so they called it that but they were really calling it Minotaur half Buffatar. the time. Buffatar. <laughs> so, the, the funny joke about it was like they would call it a minotaur and then people would walk up and like well minotaurs usually have a human top and they're just giving them all this grief and everything so every time you, it's one of the ongoing gags so far in the book but it, it goes into where these things actually pin them down into like a city that was being built okay and inside that city there was more issues because something was taking over the townspeople because it was so there's like nobody there and they come across like these plant looking people and find out that it's some kind of disease that plants were eating people from the inside out hmm. and it was controlling their whatever husk was left of them and trying to you know spread it's like a regular plant just trying to keep growing mm-hmm. Pot people yeah it was really it was really <laughs> out there more of like uh, you're discovering what's going on you're figuring out like okay other crap happened and then the whole time like Lewis is sitting there writing two different manifests of the one that's for the public and then the other one is like the shit that they've seen you know and he keeps you and what it does is it goes into his mind saying this is the morale this is what's going on this is what happened this day this is how marcus was uh, slowly decomposing from the inside they started talking about how it's working and any autopsies that he would find because of what's going on in the area he's trying to learn it and then explain it at the same time but he won't show the public that part because they don't want to be weirded out so there's actually other stuff happening they didn't really eat each other it was just the other stuff going down yeah it was just, it was very fascinating. And it's actually, it's an image comic, so that's what blew me away. That it was actually, it was actually part of this new um, Skybounds type of series that they're doing. There was a whole bunch of other comics I can't think offhand. And it happened, like, I think back in 2012, 2011, I remember seeing it. And they would just pop up, they'll say image, but they'll say Skybound on it. Hmm. And then I, it, it was kind of cool. And then this is something that I actually missed. And this was actually a present for Christmas because I'm broke still <laughs> and it was actually from uh, The Source so thank you Source for giving this book I would definitely recommend it to anybody else reading it I'm not going to go into too much details because it does leave you in a cliffhanger sure and if I tell you the cliffhanger you're going to miss the whole entire middle of this whole book yeah don't so, tell the cliffhanger so you guys are good I'm going to leave that at that but uh, that it's definitely goodbye that sounds awesome Lewis and Clark the first paranormal investigators <laughs> <laughs> I like Twisted History yeah I do too that sounds awesome so this is like supposed to play into our history of what we know about Lewis and Clark but it's just like the book they wrote on the side that they never released to it's like the Lewis and Clark X-Files that's awesome yeah (laughs) it's really cool because like you'll remember things that you read when you were a kid in in school Mm -hmm. and then they're like this happened this also happened on the side so like all the details that you would see in the regular manifest of how their journeys went show up but then next to it was another book that they're talking about on the side Wow. So you'd be sitting there reading it like you're doing, like you show in the movies and people are researching. They have like two books in each hand, one book in each hand. One's the real history book and the other one's the comic. You're like, it says right here, but right here, while they were doing that, this was actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we don't want to freak nobody out. We want to keep going. <laughs> I think I'll go next. I always go last, it seems like. Uh, this week I was going to talk about, well, I am going to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man number 12. That's uh, it's just been on the shelf. What about a week now? Week, 
two weeks maybe. It came out last week, I think. So I don't I don't want to get too much into the uh, plot. I mean, not that a whole lot's happening. It's still just uh, all the Spider-Men from different universes joining together, running from the Inheritors. A few key things. The the end of it, I do not want to spoil. They they find another uh, another spider person in a different universe that would just blow <laughs> blow the top of your head out. It's it's a bit out there for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna follow along with it anyway. The reason I wanted to talk about this uh, issue, and now Marvel's talking about, seems like everyone's talking about it, was the appearance of the Japanese <laughs> Spider-Man from the 70s. I don't even know how you pronounce his name. Takua Yamashiro and his giant robot Leopardon. Yeah. The Marveler, who was the ship. The Marvel. Oh, I see. And then it turned, and it turned into, into that. Leopardon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was awesome because they were they were getting beat, but they call you know, Peter. They're like, hey, we need your help. We're getting beat over here. We need backup. He comes through a portal and he goes, don't worry, guys. I think I've found the perfect backup. And next thing you know, here comes this freaking robot flying through the portal and wailing on the inheritors. And it shows a shot of him like in the cockpit of it with his arms like this. And it was his arms crossed in front of him. It was so freaking awesome. I just like stood up out loud. I was like, oh, my God. Just the fact that they actually... Uh, are bringing light to even those spectrums of the Spider-Man universe. Not just what we've seen in comics, but even the real <laughs> bad life, Japanese bad television <laughs> TV. But uh, <clears throat> I told you today, they did that a few issues ago. They were spinning around in a very cartoony-looking world in a different universe, and it happened to be the universe of the Spider-Man cartoon that used to be on Fox. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you were telling me about that, too. Yeah, it was... I love that stuff. <clears throat> but um, on top of that, Marvel has put the pilot episode in episode seven, seven was Seven, I think it was, yeah. Of the uh, original Japanese Spider-Man show with subtitles, so you yeah. can actually kind of understand what's going on. Not that that helps a lot <laughs> with some of the storyline, <laughs> but uh, Jack, you got to watch some of it, too. What do you think? It was awesome. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> it was so bad. I was laughing so much doing it. I was sitting there. I had my headphones on because Missy was watching TV. Right. And I just sit there cracking up. And she's like, what are you watching? And I'm just like, spider string. <laughs> <laughs> Gets in his little plastic gauntlet wristband. Yeah. <laughs> when he's hiding on the uh, on the roof, in his on the ceiling in his room. Yeah. And he's obviously and attached his, at his hip. Yeah, his sister and the little girl come walking in. Her sister and girlfriend or whoever she was. And the, the effect of when he hit those buttons on his wristband, the suit shoots oh, out. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> that was so funny. It was just like ironed, perfectly flat, and they would just lower it in front of him. Yeah. And then just stop the film, and then all of a sudden he's boom. Or they, they show a zipper. That's the funniest yeah. part of it. This high-tech thing, he hits a button on his wrist, shoots the suit out. Goes right on him. You still have to manage his zip. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the Flash too, because the Flash has his ring, and his ring oh, his yeah. suit pops out of his ring. But yeah, every single time that that suit would come out, it was just like a perfectly flat, like in a cardboard silhouette, just wrapped around. They'd just drop right in front of him. It was dying. Wasn't I? Didn't see episode seven. You watched that one. Yes. What What was the premise of that? Was it like a rock <laughs> song or something? There was yeah a group that would sing the Spider Man boogie song. And uh, was it Pro <laughs> Professor Monster, the super villain? Oh, yes. He made a bunch of cyborgs of the, van the band to play the song, and you would have them go to, like, a club to play it, and they he wanted them to make it a big hit so it would play everywhere because he put, a, like, an ultrasonic sound that was sensitive, spider-sensitive to it. 
So, so anywhere that song would play, he'd just be start. He'd hold his head, and he's just like, "Oh, my head! It's splitting! I can't do anything!" Just to get Spider-Man out of the picture. Do you remember any of the details of this song, like the lyrics or anything? I mean, because it's something sound- about Spider-Man is so awesome. He swings from buildings like Tarzan. <laughs> And then you do the Spider-Man shake your shake your bum boogie boogie. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, in the whole episode they play. I don't know how many times they played it. The and whole like, episode. Yeah, there's uh, most of the episode was playing that song in the background. And the worst part, because the subtitles were going on from the regular dialogue. Right. The lyrics were going across the same time too. Over the top of it, or you just. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, so you'd see like the lyrics in green, and, and then it played the, the whole episode, te- almost the whole episode. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm, I don't know the song in Japanese. That's brainwashing children viewers. I'm surprised <laughs> there weren't lyrics in there about begging your parents to take you to the store or something. <laughs> it was hilarious though. So well, you know, it's going to be on this episode, so we'll get to hear it. Spider Man boogie song. Oh yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Either it'll be behind this or at the end, or we'll we'll find it somewhere in there. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, uh, definitely go look at it. Even if you're not current on The Amazing Spider-Man, it's worth just picking it up to glance at that that panel in there. It's so awesome. I, I would love to have a poster of him in the cockpit with his arms yeah, crossed like that'd that. that'd be hilarious. I mean, what a blatant... You know, I'm not, I don't know a lot about Japanese television. And I mean, I know they're all, you know, they're the originators of like the, the big mech suits and like the Godzilla mm-hmm. kind of fights. But after seeing this... Wouldn't you agree that the Power Rangers' main source of inspiration was Japanese 70s Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was it was like you were watching the Power Rangers. There was the, the minion things that looked exactly like the putties. The putties, yeah, except they had a beak instead of... Right. Then there was, oh, man, the whole robot the droid or zord or whatever the fuck you yeah. want to call it, transformation... Just like the Power Rangers. And then, like, after it takes formation and makes its stance, like, the camera backs up so you can see it in all its glory. And <laughs> just the the bad guy putting the little tiny monster down. Oh, and yeah. It and, it grow- and then it grows. I mean... <laughs> that was great. You could sit and pick this shit apart all day. But uh, it was awesome. So that's on Marvel. I don't know how long. I imagine probably just for the week. So check it out if you haven't. You can find one on YouTube, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be on YouTube, too. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, though. Anyway, let's go over to Jack. I read the series of Three Months to Die series for Wolverine. Oh, how'd that go? It was pretty good. It now, was this is the leading up to the, the actual death. death. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he. it started out, he was at a, this hidden island with an iron fist, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he's some kung fu master. He had him go into this cave where he could only go by himself, and he ended up talking to death. And, oh, really? Yeah, he was talking to death a little bit of time. She was death as a woman. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it always you know been that, that way in the Marvel Universe? Or? Yeah, she is, and that's the one that Deadpool keeps trying to hit on. I guess he, he slept with her once. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. hilarious. You got to read that one. I didn't know that. Death has always been a female in the Marvel world. Yeah. I'll be. I did not know that. <laughs> she let, makes him realize that his whole deal, now that he is mortal pretty much, is that he's afraid to die. And after realizing that, he ends up going to fight Sabretooth because he's oh, about yeah. he's, he's got some weapon that he's going to turn the whole world to, to be the way he wants it to be. But he realizes that he needs actually his whole team to get S.H.I.E.L.D. and a bunch of other people to go fight him. And he pretty much comes to terms that he's, he is eventually going to die, so it's not a big deal anymore because he was kind of afraid of doing anything because he would die. That's and that's interesting because he, I mean, he was kind of coping with it in the actual the five part run of his actual death. But uh, 
how he's been always been so accepting of it like I don't care if I die you know yeah. and now that he actually can you know realizing maybe I maybe I don't want to go anywhere that's that's good writing and yeah. he's he's changed throughout the years cuz before <clears throat> at first he was always Mr. I can do whatever I want I'm not going to worry about what other people do or listen mm-hmm. to anyone else then he joined the X-Men and he had to kind of tone it down a little bit because sure. they were more of a peacekeeper type thing, and now he's kind of a mix of both of them. I enjoyed the I enjoyed that series. I, it was pretty good. The second halfway through, they switched artists, so it went from a real cartoony kind of drawing to more of like old style, where Wolverine's a lot more aged and weathered, I guess. Okay, I'd have to see what what the the death of to see what the art looked like, but yeah, it, it ended up being I don't know it was a little bit better. I liked it. Not now, so did much. you did you pick up Death Wolverine in your no, pool? No, no, I don't have it. It's, it was a good read. I thought so. I mean, I think we talked about this before. You read it, yeah. You yeah, there were ups and downs, but uh, yeah, overall it was good. But yeah, three months to die. I love the covers. I gotta. I might end up framing them just because of the way the covers go. They from his fist, and then it just gets weathered and deteriorated until it's just a metal. Oh yeah, a yeah. I remember that? Spikes. They did that with uh, Batman, Batman and the Shaman. Oh yeah, I remember you saying that a while back. Did I? Yeah. Oh okay. I love that. Well, little, I, don't, I don't remember what. Well, it was like, uh, it would start off with, uh, let me see, I think it was Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Or was it Batman? I think it started off with Batman, I'm sorry. It starts off with Batman, and then in the next issue, the cow was taken off. Or it looks like it's busting away, and then the next issue after like that, you'll see Bruce Wayne, and then after that, you'll see his skull. And then after that, you just see nothing, and then, then you'll see a mask. And it does the same transition. Really? Of another man, and you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> Seems pretty cool. <clears throat> All right. Good finds this week. Yep. I enjoyed it. Let's just get right to... Real World Heroes. Jack, who have we got this week? Believe, believe it or not, Batman. Batman? Yep. Springfield, Missouri's Batman, as a matter of fact. They have their own Batman? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It uh, happened yesterday, January 11th. The residents of Springfield, Missouri, were reminded Gotham isn't the only place where the Cape Crusader hangs out. Springfield's Batman teamed up with local residents in a fundraising drive to help keep the homeless warm. Oh, wow. Then about $400 in food, gloves, sleeping bags, and other supplies were obtained and delivered to those in need. By Batman? Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, there was a guy dressed up as Batman that was helping out the whole time. Wow. And for his work, he got the key to the city, too. No what? kidding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Are there pictures of this? Yes. Yep. There's a whole oh video, too. I'll oh, post man. that. I'll put the video on the website, too. Okay. I want to see that. Yeah, it was cr- I was like, get the hell out. Are you serious? A real Batman. And they didn't say the guy's name at all. Maybe he kept himself anonymous. Yep. We, we don't know who Batman is. He's <laughs> <Jeez>, Jack. <laughs> That's awesome. There's the Batman Incorporated. There's a real thing. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we got Batboy in San Francisco. We got oh Batman in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Well, Batman of Springfield, Missouri, <laughs> you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So thank you for your great deeds. All right. I thought we'd have a real superhero on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had Phoenix, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did have we Phoenix, did have Jones, Phoenix yeah. Jones. All right, moving along. Let's just jump right into it here. Um, Masters of the Universe? Oh, God. You don't like Masters of the Universe? Oh, I'm just thinking of the movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing called? Oh, God, I it can't was remember. It the Cosmic. It looked like a... Uh, it looked like... 
I don't know what it looked like. It looked like a tube that he had, and I remember him. He blew into it, and then he pushed all the buttons. That was like, <sighs> what was it? Freaking bop it, and it, it was just <laughs> <laughs> bop it. It was like the cosmic key or something like that. It was yeah, cool. yeah. Somehow key. it went to it ended up coming into the real world. So He Man and and Tila came too, huh? Mm-hmm. And instead of Orko, they had some little. Short midget troll guy. <laughs> I don't think uh, midget's PC, Jack. Uh, goblin. Goblin. <laughs> well, it's a, a fantasy character. I'm not saying a real short person. It was. Oh. But yeah, it had uh, Courtney Cox was in it too. Really? Was yeah. she? Yeah, it was. She You're was kidding the, me. She was the chick in the movie. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. And Dolph Lundgren was he. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. Don't, really? Uh, you I have to almost, watch it. Yeah, you probably would have to. Just it's, to say, it's you Mario did. Brothers bad. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, <laughs> it didn't follow storyline at all, other no. than there being Skeletor, He Man, and Tila. I think uh, Evil Inn was in it too. She was. She looked pretty good. Yeah, as the character. But yeah, I remember Skeletor it was like it was just face mask paint. Yeah, he didn't really have dark eyes. It was just you see his eyes. His it was kind of like Red Skullish looking, but oh, just okay. white. Yeah, the screenplay for the new Masters of the Universe movie is has been completed. It was tweeted uh, by, I believe it was Jeff Wadlow, the creator of Kick-Ass. Oh, and, really? Yeah, I guess he's doing a, uh, an X-Force movie coming out. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, he tweeted the cover of the, well, the first page of the script saying it was it was finished. No word on who's going to direct it. Apparently, John M. Chu was going to. He did G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah. Justin oh. Bieber's movie. Ugh. And a couple of the Step Up movies. So Ugh. it's probably better that he didn't do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He decided to go do Gem and the Holograms, which seems it's a lot <laughs> okay, more up yeah. his alley. <laughs> did he really? That's what... Is that what he's working on? Yeah. Yep. Did we talk about that? Yeah, because I, I, I said that special, saved that at the end of the show for Mike that one time. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and he was mad. He gave me the big middle finger for that one. Well, uh, I guess it's possible that uh, what's his name, Jeff Wadlow, might might end up doing it, but there's no word on it. Gotta be better than what uh, you guys are saying. This old one's like, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still laugh when I think of that movie. I mean, you could think of parts on it, and you're just like, yeah. What year did that come out? Approximately was that early '80s, uh, mid '80s, early mid '80s. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I mean, the whole premise is probably a big undertaking at the time, you know, with your visual effects at being very limited. But I don't know. There was some pretty good stuff to come out of the mid-80s. Well, that was the, the height of He-Man, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a big deal that it was out, but it didn't translate in the movie no. at, at all. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. Thank God for second chances, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else on that? No. Well, what I have here is uh, from news, newsrama.com. CW is expanding their Flash and Arrow universe with Vixen, the animated series. You guys know Vixen? Mm-hmm. I been... know it for uh, the Justice League Unlimited series that was out. Right. And she's uh, had some other appearances in other shows. I don't, I'm not sure which, but uh, I wasn't very familiar with her, but I knew you guys would like that. It's supposed to debut this fall on CW. DC does good cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, those ones they put on, just like those movies they put straight to DVD are always so good. Yeah. I always enjoy them. Anyway. CW's Mark Padawas, I probably said that wrong, said the network is in preliminary discussions to expand the Flash and Arrowverse and that the network currently has two slots for a new series in the fall of 2015. So, hmm. 
there's going to be more than three shows that are going to be tying into this big universe, which I think will be cool for TV. Well, probably ones if it's probably Vixen, maybe Supergirl, like we were talking about last oh, week. Oh, yeah. That's true. CW's doing pretty good. Yeah. They also got what? They got Supernatural going on, too. And then they got, they're going to have iZombie is going to be you on there finally. Wow, well, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. I'm sure there's some listeners that will be interested in that. And I also said that it'll probably cross over with uh, Arrow and Flash, too. What did? I'm sorry? Vixen. Or, yeah, Vixen. Well, there'll be Flash and Arrow crossovers. So, like, Flash and Arrow will be in the shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what this whole thing is. Like, uh, pretty much angling around. That'd but be crazy. I yeah, don't I don't know much about her. I don't either. They want to say, well, just all I know is from watching Justice League Unlimited, and she's kind of like Primal. Oh, really? Oh. Kind of. She's got a, a necklace that I think it's magical, but she can take on, like, the spirit form of any animal, pretty much. Like, she'll wish to be, like, a panther, and she can run like a cat. Have really? super strong claws, and, yeah, like, kind of like that kind of thing. <laughs> or like an elephant or a rhino, and she'll just barrel through walls and stuff. No shit. Yeah, it was pretty good. She's pretty cool. She's pretty tough. Sort of huh. thinking of uh, Animorphs out of nowhere. That TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really cool that they're having uh, animated shows cross over and into live action shows. Yeah. That's has anyone ever done that really before? Mm, gosh, not that I can think of. Not without having like well. I would say like Roger Rabbit type, but that would be like the people yeah. would be in the cartoon world. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they do it with Mortal Kombat? Did they? A long time ago, yeah. They had that TV show, Mortal Kombat. I guess Star Wars have done it with like uh, Rebels and uh, and uh, yeah, Clone Wars. Much. They try to fill those gaps between the movies with animated shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. But they don't ever... Well, if the cool part would be when they reference it on either way, any of the shows... Yeah. Like on Flash, they'll be like, yeah, when I was over in Vixen's town, yeah. I'd kick this guy's butt. That'd be cool. That will be cool. <laughs> I need to get caught up on that uh, CW DC world. The Flash also got picked up for a second season. Yeah. Understandably, what little bit I've seen has been really good. Yeah. yeah. And Arrow also got picked up for a fourth season. Oh, that's geez. hard to believe that's been on that long that, already. Yeah, when I heard four, I was like, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it is season three right now. Yeah. Time is flying. And I. If I read right, they're going to be doing kind of like an annual. There'll be an annual crossover event like they did this year, oh, which is awesome. It was so awesome. good. Like between uh, Flash and Arrow, you mean? Or? Yeah, they had, they had the Flash versus Arrow. Right. And they carried it between the two the two shows pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, cool. We have that to look forward to in the fall of 2015. All right. Uh, Jack, something on WoW Comics. Dark Horse and Blizzard's getting together to bring a hardcover series to print. Huh. That'll be cool. It's going to be covering the whole history of Warcraft, pretty much, from the very beginning to pretty much like current times. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yep. First volume will reveal how the, the Warcraft universe came into existence, along with Azeroth's secret history and origins. Other volumes will fit into the gaps between the, the universe. That'll be cool. Yeah. That would be, yeah. And it's it's not a picture book, comic book, like I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a comic series. It's, a, it's going to be a big hardback. Like book a novel? Set. Yeah. Yep. You're kidding. No. Aww. And the the first issue will have like 22 pages of art by one of the, I can't remember, I didn't get the guy's name, but he's done a lot of Warcraft art. Well, see, when you first mentioned this, I was kind of apprehensive because I, I hate when they're trying to promote something by just pumping out some cheesy-ass comic book yeah. to 
just make a few extra dollars. This doesn't sound that like that's going to no, be the case. This... At first, I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, Dark Horse comics. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. Warcraft comic. But, yeah, after I got into reading it for my notes today, I found it was actually novels. Maybe they're trying to do like a uh, kind of Lord of the Rings kind of a feel. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of realm, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of. Fantasy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of history. Yeah. A lot of history in it. So does it say how long these are going to go out? How many books it's going to be? Or um, release them like Harry Potter releases kind of thing? It didn't say. I know the first one's going to be in comic shops on November 4th this year. And it'll hit bookstores on November 17th. Does it have a title? Uh, World of Warcraft Chronicle Volume 1. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because it could be like starting off on the Titans, which would be crazy for me because... I don't care about that part. <laughs> I actually liked it where the game started and then going forward. Where the yeah, whole... but you hear about so much history in it. Right. You'd like to know about it. I'd like to know more about the Titans other than Brand Bronstein ta- sitting there tapping computers, talking to himself all the time. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you think you guys will read it? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, I probably would pick that up. I was telling Misty about it. She's like, I think I'll get that because she's a big word reader. Those are probably going to be some really uh, good looking books, too. Probably like probably, really. Uh, yeah. Snazzy. I don't know. I if I could put them on my pool. I don't see why not. You can order stuff in there too. Well, you no, be careful true. with that one. If it's a Chronicle, it could be like 30 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go in for two months. Well, yeah, and but you have like a $500 bill. <laughs> uh, we're not going to hold these. You got to take them today. Oh, Bye. <laughs> Let me go get to my car. That sounds really cool. Oh, Peter Lee is the artist. I did have it in my notes here. Peter Lee? Yeah. I don't know who that is, but. I don't either. Jimmy Sounds like it's going to be cool, though. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, diehard World of Warcraft fans like you guys, like yourselves, that'll uh, be just as into it. I mean, I'm not even that huge into World of Warcraft, and that sounds very interesting. Oh, that was a good story. There's yeah, lots cool. of good stories in there. Yeah, it wasn't the story that didn't grab me. It's just uh, gameplay. Yeah, exactly. I can see it. It's not for back, everybody. Come back and try it again. Uh, <laughs> I, it was really, it was really uh, Star Wars. Uh, Old Republic that kind of put me off the MMO more uh, so than Warcraft. Mm. Just, and this wasn't you guys. The other friends I had on there that were playing with us those few uh, times. Yeah, just they like, you to level up fast. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, follow uh, me. Elitist. Okay, hit attack. Yeah, it was yeah. just like this isn't fun. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I thought I liked the dungeons in that game. That was my funnest part when we got a whole group of friends going, mm-hmm. and it's like who's going to win the role, and then like say Jack won it oh, for the the, the dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> you just pick what you want and kind of screw up the whole story. Or remember, right. like, uh, like we had Alex and he was a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were a uh, Jedi or we were Sith, they would cut open the door of this one room, you know, with the lightsaber. Might as well, right? But if you're a bounty hunter, what do you do? Blow so, it up. You blow it up so it looked like a fist. And all of a sudden, we had like vent on. You hear Alex? He's like. Falcon Punch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Captain Falcon was my go-to guy in Smash Brothers, the first one. He was awesome. Oh, man. I mean, I do kind of miss that game, but then I'm kind of mad because when it came free to play, it just killed the game. Because you could just buy all your stuff. Oh, yeah. There you go. I was a big fan of Galaxies, and I know it wasn't a very popular one, but I I think it was because it it wasn't so obligation-heavy. I mean, you could level up... What was it? After, like, at level 55, like, the missions just kind of stopped coming to you, and you had to go find 
your missions from that point out. Otherwise, you just live. Exactly. Yeah. But but at the same time, they gave you so much to do just living. You know, you could craft, you could sell stuff, you could build huge, elaborate houses, decorate them any way you want. I spent I spent hours building and decorating my house on the boo. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Now it's just gone. But anyway, anything else on that? Nope. November. November 2015. Remember, remember. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, I've got some interesting news here, and you guys have probably heard this, but come this April, Marvel is killing off Deadpool. Oh, what? Yeah. Yep. I didn't know this. Yes. You didn't? Why would they do that? Thank God. He can't die. Uh, Death said no. <laughs> come on, Marvel never really kill off their characters. You know why they're doing it? Yes, I do. The movie. Yeah, they'll bring him back before the movie yep. with the number one. <laughs> Bastards. After we learned how that actually works in the last <laughs> yeah, episode. <we> <laughs> Son of a bitch, that's how it works. Uh, Those well, bastards. And we're still going to play into it. I don't care. I'll, I'll get it. But, um, yes, coming in April, specially numbered issue to number 250, which is actually number 245 with the current run, but is issue, the 250th issue in the entire series, I believe, Deadpool is going to die. And uh, I guess Marvel has teased his death in the past. I, I've never heard that, not that I've ever been following Deadpool. I know Mike's a big Deadpool fan, yeah. so if you're listening, Mike, get ready, it's coming. But I guess the story has been in the works and has been building up ever since issue one to this final story that's supposed to blow the reader's minds, apparently. But uh, Gary Dugan, the writer, uh, revealed that the issue will be a celebratory roast of Deadpool by the entire Marvel Universe after he summons them with his newly acquired Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he would. Run around with that thing on. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun to see. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to get it. I know there's a lot of diehard Deadpool fans out there. Kind of sucks because you just got married last year. Yeah, they did. mentioned something about that in that article. That, was, that also was on Newsarama.com, but... Uh, like the most heroes on a cover ever made the the Guinness World Record or something like that too. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I was thinking of the uh, what are the classic like calendars or like the classic picture of the Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, Norman Rockwell. Yes, I was thinking it was the there was a cover that came out for him that was done up to look like Norman Rockwell cover. I thought that was it, but I must be wrong. For it's, Deadpool, somewhere along the line, uh, I thought yeah, I did do that, but it was it was just him on there. It wasn't the wedding one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was way off on that one. It was. Around the wedding part, though, I think it was right before he got married. Did he marry anyone of like that I might know, or is it just some random character like in his universe? Or She's a demon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, man, it was a crazy story, and Mike's freaking out because he can't find that issue actually. Oh, it just really? Just to where he's married, and he's like, "What the fuck happened?" I know I got the the original Sin Deadpool, and it was right after the marriage because he was still on his honeymoon with the, oh, really? the wife in bed. Yeah. Now, did that play into... You said that was Original Sin? Yeah. Did that, was that actually playing into the story? Or was it just kind of its it own just, like, um, comedic... Just find out what he had done. Because I guess in each, each of the branch offs, it was finding out what that, per, what that group or what that hero right. had done for their sin, I guess. Wow. I didn't like the issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm done. Okay, Deadpool. I'm not getting any more Deadpool books. Yeah, I've never been. <laughs> oh, didn't like it. Didn't like well, it. I bet you do now after hearing this. I know I'm going to. I'll get it. Yeah, I will too. Yeah, I have to. We're suckers. We're suckers. Anyway, this April 2015. Check it out. All right, Jack. Well, one more thing before we cut over to Chris Williams of Summons. Something on a 3D Batman 
printer? What's this now? The future of cosplay is here with 3D printing. Oh, man. Steve D created a perfect replica of the Batman suit from the Arkham Origins by with the 3D printer. What? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to... I'll, I'll be able to pull you pictures. That up. had to have been difficult to do because I mean, you would have had to like pick the thing apart and like actually had measurements. And I mean, you can't just you know. I don't think he did it on his own. The article I read said he worked with Tundra Designs and Gauntlet FX to create the the skin or to, to to create the suit from the skin from the show from the game. It looks badass. Yeah, it does. Is what it looks like. It, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Yet. You have to show him a picture of it. It looks just like from the games. Yeah. That's something we'll put on the website. Yeah, I'll yeah. put it on there. But I'll be able to pull I should be able to pull it up right, real quick. What we'll to put on the mannequin? It looks like he's like he's making <laughs> some kind of weird face. <laughs> but it's an awesome suit. Wasn't one of the pictures of the guy actually wearing it, or was that the mannequin? Yeah, he was wearing it. Uh, there's yeah, there's a picture of the guy wearing yeah. it. I think he's kind of a big guy because he looks he looks I mean, I'm sure the armor makes him look more bulky, but I think it looks a little extra bulk in there. That big wrist piece, like the electric charge thing from the game that mm-hmm. he has on his wrist, that thing looked awesome. The cow looks exactly like it too from the game. Wonder how much it costs to get all the like required like molding or whatever it is to make that. I mean that had mm. to have, that had to cost some money right there. <laughs> it doesn't actually cost very much for the supplies. It's just the time. really yeah, but well, it's just plastic. Well, I remember the one that we had seen was just like a do it at home yourself little job. Yeah, like that a, did a real real rough job. This one, yeah. he, maybe he did some sanding and stuff like that after stuff. He but, probably uses liquid. Because what it does is it, uh, the 3D printer actually rises out of the liquid and it actually builds it upside down. Hmm. And it gives it more of a, a stronger DPI. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how how affordable can it be. I mean, like that little crappy one we saw was like over a grand. Oh, yeah, no. make Well, you can you have two ways of getting a 3D printer. You can either make one or you can buy them. The, buying the 3D printer itself can cost between the grand or all the way up to 30000 you, do you say making one? Yeah, you can make one. They have the schematics online. What? Yeah. Guess once you get one built, weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, once you get one built, I have the schematics at home. I download it just in case they ripped it off. Jack comes back <laughs> next week in a Batman outfit. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm ready to do the show. Look Batman after that. of Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Groot the next week. <laughs> yeah, no, the schematic, it's really simple. It's like, uh, I think somebody made it out of... Uh, Somebody made it out of Connects, I think that's what it was called. Oh, the old yeah. Rector set type things. Wow. And uh, it, it really isn't that. They're like, it's nothing. All you need is the motherboard. And once you get the motherboard, you just get the program free or online, too. be like wow. taking a hot glue gun with a really steady hand. That's part of the uh, the piece. The, yeah, you rip off. Uh, you take out two pieces out of a hot glue gun, and it actually builds into it where the mel- it melts the plastic. Cool. It is an extruder. Mm-hmm. Just melts it through. and then Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't wait to own one of those. I'm probably going to be old and gray by the time that happens. But If I get a 3D printer, I'm not spending money on figures anymore. <laughs> taking pictures and making my own. Of course, everything will have my head on it. <laughs> Look at this Star-Lord. It's me. Ninja Turtle with Jack's head. Boy, I think the first figure I would try to make is Slash from the current IDW Turtle series. That'd be awesome to have his figure. Better than that one. Oh, much, <laughs> much. I enjoy that one, but it's the one in the comic series is badass. You wouldn't try to do a, a new version of Dark Leo? Uh, no, I'm happy with the one I got. I, like I think that would be too. That one's awesome. Yeah, it turned out really well. They, they always don't turn out that good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else on that? Nope, it's gonna become a trend. Watch. 
All of a sudden, you see all crazy suits all over the place at, at Comic-Cons now. Well, a guy already built a car. He was driving oh, across right. country. We talked about that one. Yeah, that, that was like yeah. one of the first things we talked about yeah. on the show. Imagine a 3D printed Iron Man suit. I mean, we've seen some pretty impressive Iron Man suit out there hand built, but they're yeah. uh, some some of the ratios are off. Like it's too the head's too stout. Oh, yeah. or, you know what I mean? But uh, 3D printed would be exact. There's a website you can have a custom made Iron Man suit built. Really? Yes. It's around twelve hundred dollars, I think. That's not bad, honestly. No. I mean, everything that's involved. What were you going to say, Jeff? Speaking of cosplay, did you guys see the Silver Surfer cosplay? <clears throat> Where? On YouTube? No, no. Um, I don't know if we can look it up real quick. I want to talk about that. That was crazy. The guy looks exactly like the comic. Like, he just ripped him out of the comic. I think I saw an article about that, but I saw the picture, and I thought it was from the comic. Me too. I, I totally thought it was from the comic. There he is. That's him right there. <laughs> that's amazing. No, that, that's him. That was him. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's him right there. That's him standing there. You Holy see his underwear. Holy shit, that really is him. Yeah, you see his underwear right there? That's the only thing that doesn't look real, but it looks exactly like the comic. I thought that was just a drawing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. I know. I was like, holy shit. Wow. I would have to shake that guy's hand if I saw Right? I, <laughs> I would too. I'm like, touch it. <laughs> I'd be like taking three pictures. Like, I want you to pose differently each time. Wow. That's not even a suit. He's painted. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's disturbing. So, I, I mean, I completely forgot. And I, I wish I had wrote it down. But I had to talk about this, too. That is something else. <laughs> Amazing. Hat goes off to you, sir. Whatever Heck your yeah. name is. What is this guy's name? He'll be a next week's hero. <laughs> 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 Ron Burgundy Rob Schneider You silver surfer No That is awesome My god <laughs> I thought that was a drawing That's what that's I've never seen the, the picture And I saw something about Silver Surfer And I was like Ah yeah, That's a picture of Silver Surfer One more thing Before we cut over to Chris Williams of Summons Is uh, we just wanted to comment A little bit on the Charlie Hebdo uh, Magazine Shooting that happened uh, Not that we know a whole lot <laughs> details around the situation other than it was horribly sad and uh, we just wanted to uh, express our condolences and uh, our thoughts out to the families of the victims involved and uh, yeah it's just horrible man can you believe I just can't believe stuff like this in our has to happen in our world it's awful mm -hmm. anyway we're thinking of you people all right and with that let's cut over to Chris Williams of the book summons now we you remember what episode that was approximately where we talked about issue one of summons that was on Kickstarter well, it was a while April Somewhere Something like that. Yeah. And he sent us a uh, copy of issue two to check that is being printed right now. And uh, we are just huge fans yeah. of the series. And I was a fan when I first, when I saw the Kickstarter itself, I was like, yeah. this is awesome. And then reading the story. Well, Christine is just so freaking hot. Yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> even if you don't want the story, he's like, I got to see more of this hot girl. <laughs> <clears throat> well, let's just turn it over to Chris now and uh, get his take on summons. Thanks for being with us, Chris. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're really excited. We're all pretty big Summons fans here ever since that first Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, stop. Ever since that stuff <laughs> came in, ever since it came in the mail, I've been so excited. It makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and what a beautiful character she is, too, Christine. Yeah. Oh, my, God, yeah. yeah. Had a little crush on her. It doesn't happen very often. But <laughs> It's like you were saying the other day, it's, is it right to lust for a comic book character? <laughs> in this case, I think it is, yeah. <laughs> It can't be any on any more unnatural than you know my actual obsession for her since I created her. So yeah, wow. you feel free. I'm not. There's no judgment here. <laughs> Thank God. So so tell us about summons. How'd you come up with this idea? Where did it originate? To be honest, it's like just a, a bunch of like small factors. Uh, I've always really I was really into the comic scene in the '90s. Uh, you know uh, where Image first popped up. 
okay. where everything was kind of gritty and you know dark and had all this you know the whole heaven and hell thing and monsters and you know that whole stuff uh right. spawn was a big influence you know right. so uh i'm a big f- yeah i'm a big fan of those characters that are like uh rooted in you know they're destined to be bad but it's a redemption story but you don't really know who the character is yeah that's how it kind of came up and i just blossomed from there little buffy vampire slayer in there too but, oh um, yeah. yeah yeah i can see yeah. that too yep. yeah yeah very cool yeah i just uh i just really also i'm a big fan of the horror genre you know and uh mixing that with like uh you know supernatural superheroes so i like like I like uh, werewolves that have that can shoot laser beams and stuff like that, you know. Sure. So that might be in there, weirdly <laughs> enough. <laughs> so issue one is out now for everyone to see, and issue two is almost out, correct? Yeah, it's 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 in, it's uh, at the printers as we speak. Uh, just waiting for a date for it to be released. Should be soon. And uh, I want to thank you for letting us take an early look at it. It was it was awesome. We have been just waiting for how long? <laughs> Ever since it's been we been a while, yeah. <laughs> I was blown away when you yeah. were like, just clicked that link, and I was like, what? I got read it twice just because. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. So how far do you uh, see the whole summon series going? Uh, I'm going to go as far as I possibly can go. You know, I want to get a few graphic novels out there. I have a story arcs planned uh, well into like over 50 issues. Holy oh, wow. So, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot. I want like I view this as a saga. So, you know, the characters are going to go in some pretty cool places. Other characters are going to pop up and, you know, be connected in ways you don't think. And that whole thing, you know, so twists along the I way. I love that. That's love always my favorite. <laughs> the ones that work, anyway. I, you know, I don't want them to be too contrived, and you know, that's always a, a battle, especially when you get into the routine of making stories. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I got some plans for it. So that's good to hear, man. It's really good to hear. <laughs> so, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the story of Summons? For those who have, you know, read it at the Hounds comic houndcomic.com site and you know my personal site you know at cdub.deviantart.com uh it'll be on there but uh this little blurb i i usually uh point out to people it's pretty much uh it's a story about an ancient text called the book of summons uh which is said to contain all the world's mystical secrets and unfortunately it got into the hands of uh some very evil people very evil demons and it's up to three unlikely heroes to uh, band together, retrieve the book, and restore peace. But the key is they have to uh, do it while fighting the evil, dark impulses inside themselves that they're fighting against. Ooh, Ooh. very neat. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Battle against evil and also a battle against your own psyche. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a story about choice. I've always wanted that to be the theme of it. You know, like, uh, you know, these people are fighting against the uh, impulses and notions that they've been instilled with their entire life. They might, you know, their moral compass that they have, that the world is instilled inside of them. You know, it's it's not definite, you know. Right. Uh, because we don't know where life can take us when things pop up. You know, so that's what this is about. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about uh, the other people working with you on this project? Jake Eisenberg, you know, he's, he's, he's my main man there. You know, uh, He's been inking my stuff uh, for a few years now, and uh, he just makes my art just extra incredible. Otherwise, it would just suck. You know, he'd probably laugh at me saying that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, inkers are not just tracers, okay? 
They, they do. They just they 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 do the damn. Can I say damn? I'm sorry. Oh, they do oh yeah. Darn yeah. Thing. I swear to your heart's uh, they, content. They do the damn thing. All right. Okay. That's what they do. <laughs> damn thing. Damn. Damn. Damnity. Damn. Yeah. They do it. Um. So. I, I, I love him. He's, uh, you know, awesome. Just enhances my work like crazy. Um, you know, and uh, got a new colorist on uh, for the first issue. It was Victor Bartlett. He was awesome. Uh, you know, he, he couldn't commit to this. So I got another uh, colorist, uh, Jacqueline Taylor, and she's just awesome. You know, she's like rooted in uh, kind of an animation style. So her stuff's kind of got like a cell shaded feel to it, but painterly at the same time. You know, so I think it lends a different feel to the to this issue. Um, you know, and again, I have uh, Danielle Alexis St. Pierre. She actually did the cover for the first and second issues. So she just brings that extra authenticity to the work, you know, makes you want to look at the cover. So right. mm-hmm. she's awesome for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, it's just it's just me uh, doing all the rest of it, you know. Wow. I think my publisher, Hound Comics, you know, uh, they're publishing it, um, you know, doing big things this year. So hopefully uh, I've got some plans maybe to get something in stores. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to get just get the word out at this point. You know, I'm still I'm still creating content. So that's my chief concern. Um, You know, just want to tell a good story that Absolutely. people are interested yeah i got, got a very cool team just lucky to be around a bunch of talented people that have the same drive as me so yeah do you ever uh, get out to the con circuit at all yeah definitely i i try to to uh, visit at least two cons a year i'm definitely going to be um visiting a few more this year like from here on out i want to do multiple cons each year nice. um you know so I'm, I'm always doing the philadelphia one wizard world you know so i'll definitely be there uh i want to hit up new york you know, I'm going to try and get into Boston, Chicago, um, you know, so a lot of, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm just try, trying to get my foot out there, trying to, you know, stick my big toe in the water and swirl it around to see what happens, you know, <laughs> not a big swimmer in case you didn't, you know, have a healthy respect for water. So, yeah, right. <laughs> but you got to take a risk, you know, and, uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. Are you guys going to use the same printer from here out that you did from the, the first book? Because the quality of that book was Amazing! It looks so much better on paper than it did even on screen. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, Hound Comics is, is also, you know, uh, we're going through their printer again. Uh, they p- produce just awesome work, you know. So yeah, it's definitely going to keep that going. Awesome. Get that talk about bringing up the quality of a good book already. Good God. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the printing too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Just the colors and everything. Yes. Yep. Really nicely. You'll have to show that to me again. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll bring it next week. Yeah, please do. I want to see now. I'm all super curious. <laughs> and uh, people can get this on your uh, issue one and the soon coming two on houndcomics.com. Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it's also, uh, I know uh, issue one is also on uh, Amazon. It's also on uh, barnesandnoble.com. You know, you can go there. Um, also, you know, if you just check out, um, if you actually go to uh, the Summons comic on Facebook, just like that page. Uh, it's the official Facebook page of Summons. You know, I usually try to keep a bunch of links there. So if you're ever in doubt of where to find books, you can always go there, too. And I got some great artwork up there as well. Awesome, man. We'll, uh, we'll also put some links up on our website and help direct people your way, all right? Heck yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Yeah, and keep in touch with us. I can't wait to see more of this story. 
definitely third issue coming up working on it as we speak awesome good to hear (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for joining us chris no problem thanks for having me guys thanks chris okay and that was our interview with chris williams of summons and remember you can go to houndcomics.com and get that comic and you can also go to our website and we'll have a link up there where you can download it what else we have on the website jack show recaps Show videos. Well, not show videos, I guess. Just videos. <laughs> trailers. Maybe someday. Yeah. Yeah, we can have show videos. Yeah. Uh, videos, upcoming movies, uh, little things we see here and there. Uh, photos of what we've talked about on the show. The Candair Video Game Store, Comic Book Store, and Movie Store. Very nice. And you can find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. Find us on Facebook and like us and go to iTunes. Subscribe, leave some comments. We appreciate all we get from you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Is there anything else, guys? That's it for this week. Well, until next week, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holt. We want to thank Chris Williams again for being with us, and we'll see you all next week. Spider-Man. Another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. All right. Hey, kids. Oh, my God, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Halfway through, they switched artists. It went from like a real cart... My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform, And learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.